Hey, what's going on, people? How you doing? Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. This is The Venice Voice. On this episode of The Venice Voice Podcast, I will share a conversation I had with the Stevie Starlight. Stevie is a local Venice legend in a way. He's a musician who played for decades at the Whaler down by the beach and is well known for his psychedelic kind of late 60s positive sound. He's also pretty famous for providing the theme music for the Theo Vaughn podcast. He was also a guest on there, so he made quite a splash with that. We talk about his musical influences, a lot about spirituality, the history of Venice, and what he's up to now. But before we begin, I just want to remind you once again that this podcast is for you. So if you want to be interviewed, if you want to talk about a product or an event or anything at all, and additionally, if you want to give me any feedback, because I know for a fact that I'm really not very good at this. As a matter of fact, I think that I suck, as this upcoming interview will attest. <laughs> so send me an email at ron at venezvoice.com with any feedback that you have, any suggestions, or anything that you'd like me to talk about. Now, without further ado, here is Stevie Starlight. Yeah, man, that, they right. work. They yeah. work great. Perfect. Perfect. I got the same one. Yeah. So you know, uh, you know Tommy over yeah, there. Yeah, I do, and Shane, and all those guys. I've known them for 15 years because I lived on Mountain View, which is right behind there, behind Grand View, which is right on Sentinella. Yeah. We're we getting started. Oh, we're already good, started. Good, 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 good. Um, here with Stevie, Stevie yeah. Starlight, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Thanks for doing this, bro. Yeah, my pleasure, man. I appreciate it. Definitely man. a pleasure to be here back in Venice. Yeah. I feel like I never left, but you know what? Uh, I lived here all my whole life, dude. And I, uh, I recently moved in with her in Calabasas, you know, just to kind of just. My lease was up on where I was living, and I just—I didn't find something that was right for me, and I just didn't want to get back into like a someone I didn't live with. Or, and it just really just flowed to go there for the moment, but coming right back in here today off the PCH, man, I'm like, man, I'm back home. I just texted a tweet doing an awesome podcast in Venice, <laughs> home sweet home. I said, oh man, there's something about this place. I've talked about it with everybody, man. Yeah. There's something that just draws creative like-minded people to this place it, it sure. turned into home you know when i first moved here it was just because it was the cheapest place mm. you know um we what were was looking, that we were looking in hollywood this was 1990 is when i moved to venice yeah. and uh, actually this place that we're sitting in was a thousand bucks a month wow at the time and it's really spacious and nice dude. yeah it's a cool spot do you still have rent control or anything like that well um Let's just say that my landlord takes really good care good. of me because uh, I, I've helped her out with the building and everything. But this good. place was a really, it was a dump when I first really? moved in. Completely covered in ivy and Jeez. there was carpet and there was no skylights or anything. So I sort of helped her build this particular unit up yep. and she copied it in all the rest of the units. So good. I sort of helped her build the building nice, man. over the years. Yeah. Yeah. And Venice has really become, you know, it's, it's comfy, sure. man. For sure. <laughs> For so you, sure. you grew up around here? I or? did, man. You know, I, I was born in Houston, Texas, and uh, the moment I, I got this this air and this smell of Venice, was, I was seven years old. I came out here. My dad was living in Marina Del Rey, and he was working for Orion Pictures, you know, and he was just like this single bachelor dude, playboy guy, just doing his thing. And I was living in Texas, and I had never heard of Venice. Or, actually, I'd seen it on TV. All the skateboarders were going on at the time. And I see that movie, Gleaming the Cube. Remember that when that yeah, came out? Yeah, of course. Out? And, I, and I go, man, I was skating. I was a skater, you know. 
and this is way before the skate park was built out here, way before, but this is where it all started, you know? And I came out here in, in 87. I was seven years old, man. I remember just, there's a picture of me at the beach at seven years old. I'm just so happy. And I, I remember this is where I want to be, you know? Hopefully forever, I thought. Yeah, that skate culture drew a lot of people to this area, man. Yeah, I remember right. looking at the magazines, uh, Christian Osoy, all the guys. Right. And I'm like, where is this? I see all the, him doing like mad hand plants or just doing his, his Jesus Christ pose 30 feet in the air. You know, when you go and yeah, just yeah. hit the board like that and bring it back down. And I'm like, where is this place with these palm trees? I'd be looking at these magazines and, and next thing I know, I'm there. Where, where in Texas were you? Houston. Oh, wow. So you were kind of by the water, but it's yeah, totally Galveston different. Yeah, Galveston down there. Oh, definitely murky water as opposed to the, yeah. you know, nice water. Yeah, there's something about the water here that I still don't like, though, man. I'm so spoiled. For sure. You know, and I got into that, too, because I surfed here, too. And, it, yeah. and I was living by the pier, and people will talk about that, you know. Sure. I mean, I remember I've, I kind of learned to surf down south um, near San Diego. It's a little bit warmer, a little bit nicer. And then I went to Hawaii. And, yeah, you know, what part of Hawaii? Oh, I was just on Oahu. I had a girlfriend there. Beautiful. And so we went to North Shore. And it was um, just like at the beginning of the winter season. So mm -hmm. I got to spend quite a lot of time there in the water. Good. And, and Good. it's just so much nicer. For sure. You know, my here, dad lives you know? in Maui now. And oh, I yeah. go out there and I, and, I, and I check that water. It's just really beautiful. Yeah, it's nice. I love Maui, you know. Is it still... Pol I, mean, I have some friends that are there that uh, say like the west side of the island is so polluted because of the plastic coming yeah, in I'm and sure you don't is. really see a lot of it but yeah i don't notice that i go out there it's just crystal clear water it's getting I, hammered by that hurricane right for now for sure my dad just told me about that they were, they were over the big island for a while and they uh, came back to maui but uh they go to the other side for their costco things and whatnot because where my dad lives is very um secluded rainforest he lives in hana on the top of oh. kipahulu nice the very top uh 41 mile marker between kaupo and paella Wow. And it's this little place called Kipahulu, and it's just beautiful out there. But I'm like, Dad, how, how do you, what, what do you do? Like, how do you get food? Because he's pretty self-sustained. He, like, lives off the land. and But he'll go to Costco for his meats and things like that once a, once a month and drive back. He calls it the other side, you know? Yeah. I'd like to do that, man. There's, I do a lot of cycling too, uh, yeah. so I'd love to like cycle the road to Hana, and I want to, yeah. I want to ride. I have motorcycles too, so I'd, I got to get out there and ride that road sometime. Man. I have good. so many friends that have done it that just say it's amazing. It really is, and it's getting smaller and smaller by the year. Like you know, I don't know how these people have a two-lane road going that up and down that thing. <laughs> really? like, like just to get down, it takes you know a couple hours. Oh, really? You know, from where my dad's at, it's just you just go around and around and around. But there's about fifty parts are there where you're going to go off the cliff if you don't watch out you know and there's locals in there that are just gunning on motorcycles just what well, I'm, I'm one rebel i'm one rebel ball you know <laughs> that's cool so when you first came to venice you were just like down in the hood or yeah, where, well, where did you come well, to well you know i uh was 17 when i started living out here on my own i was i, I did a couple of years of school in uh, texas and i uh, came out here when i was 17 my dad had a place by this time at 2921 Oceanfront Walk, right by Nick's and the Whaler, uh -huh. right there. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I was living there. He, I came out there for two weeks, and uh, he's like, uh, I started riding my bike around here, getting more in touch with Venice and the scene. And then I spent like a night on the rooftop one night with these crazy people playing bongos. I'm like, well, this is where I want to be, you know? And I go back like four in the morning. He's like, you know, when I first got there, he's like petrified. He's like, where you been? He's Italian. Um, hardcore guy from boston oh wow so he's like what are you doing i'm like what do you mean what am i doing he's like 
Fucking, can I swear in here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not that I do Please, normally, but yeah, like, you never fucking swear. Of course right, not. Yeah, no, five, five, five. we so never I, do. I, uh, <laughs> I I come in a little late, you know, maybe five in the morning. He's like, Steve, what 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 the fuck you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm just I was out there in Venice. He's like, he takes my bike, brings it downstairs. He goes, you go out with them now. Like he was really hardcore. He like kicked me out at 17. So I had to go out there. I'm I'm, I'm calling him on payphones. Can I come back? He was really hard, uh, you know, and like a week I spent out here on my own, like homeless. But I got to really experience what it's like. What was that like, man? Where did you stay? Did you just amazing. like crash on the to, beach I or something? To, I did, you know. And I, I've, I'm like, there's these like gnats around me on the beach. I'm like, I didn't think there was any bugs <laughs> on the beach. It's sand, you know. Yeah. And I hear these weird people talking, doing these weird things, and they'd be creeping around me. Like I'm like, this is fucking scary. I went back to that roof that I was at, you know, and that didn't last very long, you know. It's like. <laughs> I was sleeping on the roof up there for about a week, you know. Eventually made my way back, but it was a good experience to kind of just, you know, get to know, like, the real. You know, you understand what's real around here real quick when you're homeless in Venice. Yeah, man. Um, it was a different world when I moved here out on the beach. Okay. You, know, you wouldn't be caught out there at nighttime. Right. You know, there was no walking around on the boardwalk. So there was true. no Getting hanging out on the beach. So true. You know, it was uh it was pretty hardcore out there, man. There's just guys just waiting to pounce on people For all the time. Sure, you dude. know? Uh, there's a few scary moments that I had. I really? used to I used to ride my bike around there too. Sometimes at night I would just go exploring and there was one time when I was cruising around down there on the boardwalk and I could hear this like ting ting in my spokes and I look over and these dudes are shooting pellet guns and BB guns at me from the sand. They were just waiting for people to come by. That's and hardcore. You yeah. Were, and they yeah. were just like sending out a warning, you know, um, this is our neighborhood. Don't yeah. come cruising by here. And then some dudes are coming out just like cutting off my path. Right. Very territorial. Could, man. Yeah, man. And I was just like, okay, I'm turning. And I went up and it was like cruised up Market Street or something and then yeah. headed back inland and headed back to this neighborhood. Right. Um, but it was pretty nasty. I, the same thing happened to me over there in like Ghost Town. You know, I was driving my car along. It was back when there was you know, um, prostitutes and crack dealers on the corner yeah. and there was the projects over there. Yeah. I remember coming around a corner and I'm in my car, just like, I don't know where I'm going, just cruising right. around. And I remember this woman, she was like, um, telling her, her boyfriend and or employer, I'm not exactly sure who he was, <laughs> but she was like, no, don't ask him for nothing. He's got a sweet face. He don't want nothing. You can go ahead now, little boy. You know? Oh, God, and yeah. Because they were just waiting for people to come up to buy rocks. I think I know that. I know that woman, actually. <laughs> I do. I do. She went to Hollywood for a little while. I think my friend tried to trade shrooms for sex with her one time. Really? Yeah, yeah. He pulls out a bag of shrooms that are like this big, you know, a pound of shrooms. And it's like, sun's coming up. I see the gleaming light coming through the car as he's holding up this pound of shrooms. And I'm, because I'm outside trying to talk to her. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get directions. And he's trying to trade shrooms for sex with, these, with this lady. And he's, he's like, he's like, I remember her saying, y'all need to go down past East to Western for that. Yeah, yeah. You know she had I mean? kind of this weird sort of like street Southern kind of, I don't know what it was, man, but she was, it, it was, it seemed like she kind of cared about uh -huh. whether or not people were going to get hurt. You know, right. she was just out there to do business. And she was doing know? the business. Yeah. Right. I and mean, she was just doing business. She didn't yep. really want to like cause any trouble or for anything. Sure. This is just how she made her living. Oh, you know? for sure. And she was just telling the guys, hey, don't give him a hard time. He obviously, look at his face. He doesn't, look at that little boy. Yeah. He doesn't want nothing. Let him go. That's you beautiful. Know? <laughs> That's beautiful in a way. You know that she had that wherewithal for protection, you know? Yeah, man. And, and, and that made me think of living on Fifth and Brooks where I lived for nine years. That pink house 
Palace on Fifth and Brooks. They just painted it an awful color now. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's the, black I know exactly and green the place. trim. You know the black and green trim now. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what kind of color scheme is that? You know, yeah. I lived there for. We called it the Pink Palace. Remember the Pink Palace? I went out there for. Uh, I was there for nine years almost, man. It was a beautiful time. Fifth and Brooks, but I saw all that up and down. You know, the all the cracks slinging, all that stuff was going on right out front of the gate. Yeah, man. And it wasn't really like policed at all in a way. It was kind of crazy how that went on. Yeah, it was. On. It felt like the Wild West around here for a while, man. Big time. The cops I, didn't really mess around in here. Yeah, it was kind of like... like that. Like, how did that even go down? I don't know. Maybe they just was like... You know, I've... I've was friendly with a few police officers. I used to work in bars and, and clubs. I ran doors for a long time in Hollywood, and I okay. became friendly with a lot of police officers. And I remembered them talking about certain areas where they just were like, well, they're going to kill themselves anyway, so just let it play wow, out. Yeah. You know, we don't need to go in there and get hurt unless there's a murder or something, and then we have to go in there. That's but they're, it's going to happen anyway, so why don't we just let it play out? I mean, that's the way it was with a lot of the gangs back in the day, too. Yeah. It wasn't like they were trying to pick fights with people that weren't in a rival gang. Right. If you just happen to get caught in the crossfire or something like that, then... It was unfortunate so for true. you, but they weren't really gunning for people. You're you know? right. It was just like this rival um, sort of competition that was happening between the Culver City guys and the V13s. Yep. And you know, if you got in their way, then it was a problem. But big time. You know, for the most part, people were just trying to make a living down here. It was a tough place to be. You You're know? right. It was kind of a, dis- a depressed area at the time. Yeah, yeah. All through the hood out there. And yeah, I, when man. I say hood, I mean from. From, uh, let's see. Uh, from like electric to Lincoln. Exactly. And from California to Rose, and even basically. The, even going parallel the other way from like um, Vernon, uh, Brooks, right? All yeah, that, yeah. All those streets. Sure, man. You know? It was pretty nasty back in, you know, there was prostitutes walking on Lincoln Boulevard. Exactly. Right there, you know, totally. right by Ralph's. You could, yep. Like, oh, right in front of Ralph's. You could get some groceries and a blowjob on the way home if totally. you wanted to. Totally. And cheap, too, like 20 bucks. And I mean, Not that in, I ever asked what the price was. Including the groceries. Was. I would, exactly, including the groceries. And then they'd carry them home for you. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Because yeah. they all lived in that distance and they all walked to work, you know what I mean? It was back before there was an app for that, you know. I know, huh? <laughs> the, the history around here, I mean, and that kind of lifestyle, whether it was um, the skate lifestyle or the rock and roll lifestyle from the 60s or from like the suicidal tendencies era, there's yep. just this whole culture that drew so many people around so here. So true. You, know? you really know lot, what's up in Venice. A lot of the gang culture, too, yeah. was around, you Big know. Big time. And oh, influenced. still is, though, you sure. know. I mean, you go down to Muscle Beach, you're going to come across that between certain hours, you know? Yeah. I mean, it influenced a whole generation of people, and I think it still influences a lot of people For today. For sure. Yeah. Even more than we even know. Because you know so. we're kind of caught in it and living here. But I think just look at me, for instance, as a kid, before even coming here, I would read the magazines of Venice and just like the skate culture. And that was the time of the of the um, in the 80s of the suicidal tendencies culture. You know, those dudes. Yeah, man. You know, and I know a lot of those guys, you know? So uh, what are your musical influences? You know, I actually did a little reading here on, online, okay. and it said that uh, Stevie Starlight was sort of a West Side musical legend. Is that true? I didn't write that. Somehow <laughs> they got, that, that got morphed into my biography somehow. <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to contest it, but you know what? It, that kind of happened. It was an underground thing, you know? I was playing like the Whaler every night almost. This is when it was going on 10 years ago. It was a good little scene over there. Yeah. You know, that, that place would be packed and packed and packed, more than you can even get it packed. Now they're doing it at Time Warp and a few other places, which is really cool. 
but just kind of like the psychedelic vibe I had, you know, I wasn't, you know, afraid to tell people the truth, you know, about the right, right thing to do almost like people kind of tucked that away. And I kind of came with the heart with a lot of things like that. And I would, cause it came through psychedelia, you know, you know, mushrooms expanded my consciousness in a positive way, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, I have friends that are still like heavy into that, but like, you know, if you get the call, you can hang it up. You don't have to be there forever doing it. You know, I, I got what I needed out of it, you know. But I'm re- really grateful that I did at the time because it did expand my heart. Yeah, and what, what kind of like are your musical influences as well? I know you kind of have like this 70s yeah. kind of psychedelic era um, mm-hmm. influence. Were there specific bands? or Yeah, what? well, David Bowie for sure. Uh-huh. You know, T-Rex, David yeah, Bowie, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, you know. Those were my guys, those, those three dudes. But... um. I can go on and on, but mostly like late 60s era psychedelia was a big, big influence on the way I would approach writing a song, you know? Yeah. And you played the Whaler every night. What, every was, night. what were those gigs like, man? It was great. You know, it was really different time. Like like we said, it was like a more of a, people were in tune with music. They were going out. Like now you don't really see that because they, they revamped the place. You know, they, they made it more upscale for like, you know, and people kind of don't feel like they have a place to go where they could just wear a shirt or a white yeah, yeah. beard, just go out there, you know, and now, now it's kind of like they're upscaling and upscaling and upscaling. People are like, that are middle class, hardworking people just want to go and have a beer sometimes or, or even lower class, which we all are, you know, at some, at some moments, you know, it's just, but it's, uh, I feel like it was a different time. People were more in tune with music, you know? Yeah. Hunanu still has that vibe. They do. At least you could roll in there and still get a burger and a For beer sure. if you want to. You, you know? know what? I was even going to say that. They still got the sawdust on the floor. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. Mary still has the bands over there, you know, that she likes. You know, Luckily, I was going to go still pop in there s- later on and see what was going down after this interview. Maybe have a, a burger, you know, if you should. like to join. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it still has some of the flavor left. It's not all stripped away. You know, part mm-hmm. of the reason why I wanted to do this project with the podcast is because I wanted to continue to capture some of the history around here. You know, I've been here a long time, but mm-hmm. when I lived here for like the first 10 or 12 years, I always thought I needed to be in Hollywood. Really? You know, I, why is I, that? Well, I'm an actor too, okay. you know, and uh, I was in the club business as well. And I thought that's where it was happening. Right. You know, um, I had some friends who were in the punk scene down here, yeah. but they were like into serious drugs, uh-huh. <laughs> which I wasn't. For sure. I was just like, I'd like smoke a lot of weed and get drunk a lot. And yeah. Like, maybe do some powders, but right, uh, they right. were doing stuff that I wasn't a hundred percent into. So yep. I was like, and I had a lot of friends in Hollywood. And so that's where I spent a lot of my time. And I didn't really connect with the neighborhood as much back then, just during the daytime, you yeah. know, daytime I'd be out like playing paddle tennis or getting stoned on the beach or like yeah. skating or riding my bike and stuff like that. So part of the reason why I wanted to do this was sort of capture some of that history again yeah. and connect with the neighborhood yeah. I feel a little bit too. more. And listening to your podcast, I feel like you're doing that. Well, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I, I think it's valid. And I think it's important, maybe, I hope so, it is for me, at least it's interesting for me to share some of these stories with people that I've run into and people I connect with like yourself that have been around for a while for some of the new people that are moving in here so that they know what they're getting into, you know? So many of the young people that I'm, talk to lately are here because of the tech industry yeah or they think it's like the cool place and that's kind of how i disconnected almost at that right when that was coming in yeah i was kind of even though i was still living here i was just kind of not i was disconnected with the the people that were i wasn't really like getting to know them yeah kind of how you said in the beginning for yourself but yeah um um 
I'm I'm trying to connect with them as well to try to bridge Good. that gap. Good. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's these actually these two young girls that just moved in uh, right next door, okay. and they're the quintessential new Venice. Really? Chicks. What is the quintessential new Venice? They come from money. Yeah. They wanted to live in the cool spot. Yeah. Uh, they like they want to go to Burning Man and wear the cool new outfit so that they can Instagram it for their friends. Totally. You know what I mean? That's what it's about. It's about the outside perception, and they right. think that this place is cool. Because they want other people to think that they're cool, so they come here. Yeah. You know, it's really about how they're seen rather than what they can experience. That's a great point. You know, and so being able to bring some of the history back and have people talk about what this place means yeah. to not only to Los Angeles, but I think it, to the rest of the world, I think might be helpful for them. At least I hope it does. <laughs> you yeah, know? I think it I is. I don't know. I don't know, Well, man. people know real. People know genuine. Yeah. See, people aren't dumb. As dumb as people make themselves out or say other people are. People are not stupid. They yeah. they know when they're tuning into something if it's real or if it's genuine or not. Yeah, that that's fascinating to me too. Um, uh, I know a lot of friends who have expanded their minds through mushrooms and through other psychedelics, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's it can be extremely important for people to strip away some of the inherent reality that they've grown up with or I don't know how yes. the best way no, to describe ex- it you know what it. I mean totally. it's like we've been programmed with an identity with a religion with whatever it is from birth and we yeah. kind of walk around trying to be that thing basically it's all lies it's I, all, I think it's all, it you is know what I mean? in some ways yeah in your mind it's, it's like it's like you know almost demonic it's like telling you things that aren't really good for you you know when you go and tune into the heart which is what psychedelics are is pure it forces you to look at yourself and that can be a very uncomfortable thing for a lot of people i know it was for myself it wasn't easy coming out the other end of that i had a lot of hardships doing that but i'm so grateful that i got the opportunity to do that you know at the time it was hell I'm not saying the physical experience of doing mushrooms was hell, although I did have some bad experiences. And coming out of that, it was very fortunate for myself to... It's like come through the other side. The realization of it, you know? And you grow from those experiences. And I'm not advocating everyone go do psychedelics, but for me, that's what worked for me. And I don't do it all the time, and I haven't done it for a while. Because like I said, when you get the message, you can hang up the phone. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of very smart people that advocate mindfulness and part of that is seeking to expand the mind in ways that we don't normally or have the capability to do in in a 100% natural way mm-hmm. although there are some people that do it through meditation and mindfulness practices so true. and things like that yeah that's, um, that, that works too that can that can be a way that doesn't necessarily need to have um, some sort of substance to help yes. you along yes. but the value of it is there i mean uh, the uh, Sam Harris, very, very popular podcast, yeah, and he's he also is. a neuroscientist, and he's done you know, mushrooms, and he's also meditated for a cumulative like three yeah. to five years, and for he sure. talks about the value of, of truth and mindfulness, yeah. and that's one of the other things that a lot of people that have come to this particular part of the world seek to do, Yeah, you know, is... Um, you know, even if it's through music like yours, or if through the doors, or people that are seeking certain... Um, yoga practices or there's a lot of buddhism around here yeah. i mean there are a lot of people that just are are seeking a way to connect better to each for other sure. it's just very interesting that it's, it's a little enclave Bubble, of yeah that. yeah for sure and a lot of people are like you know sober people now you know which is good for them and then yeah. 
they um, seek it through those ways that you were just mentioned. Yeah, meditation man. And whatnot, there's yeah. a huge recovery community around here. Yep. A lot of pretty famous cats that set, sure. up, set up their shop around here. Yeah, I know who they are as well. Yeah, and, 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 <laughs> I know and, a lot of those guys yeah, too, man. For sure. Yeah, I have a lot of friends in recovery and, yep. um, you know, it's, uh, it's a very interesting, yeah. very, very interesting stuff that this particular neighborhood and i hate bringing it back to that but no, we uh, should this is the venice voice right i guess it is yeah. i guess it is yeah. <laughs> but it just i keep running into like-minded people and it seems like there's a through line like a thread of like-mindedness that that keeps coming into my world i mean i have right. maybe four or five other conversations that i haven't published yet yeah and they all seem to kind of talk about the same thing that's good that means you're onto something that's, that's oh, i a hope collective, so i hope so it's a stream of consciousness that people want to be on and i think that if you can get to that you're you're on to something good because it's positive yeah you know so what are you doing with your music now are you writing more or what's yeah. going on you know what i've been writing i, I did two i recorded two i'm always writing when i can different ideas not as much as i used to i used to kick out like a song a day almost when i was living in venice because mm-hmm. it's just that inspiration maybe it was the t- the age i was or the time that was going on or what have you but um i still write but i did two albums this year I'm a, I did two singles I put out on iTunes, Come Over and Space Girl, which you can check out on Spotify or iTunes. And then uh, I'm releasing another album this week. It's coming out. Maybe by the time this podcast will, will air, it'll be out. You can check that on iTunes. It's called Taste the Light. Nice. And uh, that'll be coming out. I think one of the first songs I heard was when um, when I got... To- suggested to talk to you was on Theo's Theo's podcast and he did some music on that yeah that was pretty cool how did that come to be you know what it was so random because I had been following Theo I liked his I've I've heard about him like 15 years ago and he's you know he's been doing it for a while like a lot of people I know and you're finally getting your break which is good if you work hard enough you're gonna get it and um, I was watching him I'd be watching all these episodes every day of this podcast and you know I just said you know what he had this one song he was playing all the time which was just his theme song. And I just sent him a message said, I have your new theme song for you. I know you don't know who I am. My name's Stevie. Da, 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 da. I'm an artist. I, a little brief description of who I am. And I sent him the song. And I said, I'd, I'd appreciate you to use it if you don't. No heart feelings. No worries. He hissed me back up the next day. Um, actually, he might have been him, but he acted like it was an assistant. He probably was his assistant, actually, because he he's doing you know good things. I had met his assistant, so maybe it was him. But he said, um, yeah, you know, I'm going to give this to Theo. We'll see what he thinks. The next day, Theo sends me a message back. Dude, I love this song. I'm putting it on my next show. And he aired it every show for six months. Oh my God. And he would talk about the song and go into great graphic details of the lyrics and how it meet what how it coincides with his existence. And I was like really blown away by his just by his selflessness to put that out there. Here's a guy who I look up to and he's putting out my music and describing it in detail that means something to him. Yeah. He would even call his podcast It's Never Too Late to Come Over and different things. He would like re- almost like I was like, Wow, am I changing this guy's life? You know, but in some ways, so things, in some ways, I think it did. There's no question know, he about He calls it. me up, man. He's like, hey, would you want to be a gay? Oh, I remember what it was. He's like, yeah, we're going to have Steve. Because everyone was calling in saying, I love this song. I love this song. All the comments were like, Stevie Starlight, I want to, where is this guy? Who is this dude? We checked him online. He's like, yeah, another, listen to Stevie Starlight. We'll have him on in, uh, in here pretty soon. I'm like, whoa, he's going to have me on there? Like, I, <laughs> I didn't know this. I'm the last to know. Next thing I know, I get a call, dude, from his assistant, uh, Chris, who's, who, who called me up and said, would you like to be on the show? I'm like, sure. He's like, yeah, we got a little bit of a, a cry from the uh, 
reaching from the audience that want to have you on. So I'm like, you want to come? Maybe talk about some stuff growing up in Venice? I'm like, heck yeah, I do. I'll be there. So we set up an appointment. I was there. I was on a show. And he's only had like six guests on his show. Like Jordan Peterson, Joey Diaz, and like <laughs> all like A-list people that are like on a show. And I'm honored that I was I got to be a part of that. And I think a lot of people got a glimpse of who I am, which is a good little... Uh, introduction to the world that's so cool man it, it's uh, a testament to just reaching out yeah you never know what might happen if you just send somebody a message or just send it that's uh, the core of that whole thing it's you really know what? You're odd right. man i mean yeah. so many people have including myself are hesitant to reach out to people mm. and like maybe even just cold call them or send an email right. or I whatever it i just is. don't want to bother people it's probably my overall thing yeah you know but the interesting thing is, is i found and i found this about myself too is if somebody asks me, I'm so flattered. That's great. It's like, oh my God, you sent me a message? How Beautiful. nice. You were thinking about me? You're humble. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. Uh, great. Sure. And then thing. why wouldn't you return the message? Yes. You know? Especially um, if it's something that creatively that you're on the if same you're, page d- with. If you like you it, know? you know, if you're into it, it's sure. It's win-win, you know? But it's, even if not, it's just good to have that kind of... Um, reciprocation you know people like you know yeah reciprocal I I think reciprocal yeah 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 yeah. for sure and he seems like a cool cat he's very cool cat very down to earth he's a sober guy as well yeah he's just doing it you know he's very funny too yeah you know he's just stand up (laughs) stuff he's really good that's really cool so did it give did it give a bump to any of your music a big bump yeah like all over the place. Like I sold like three thousand units, uh, singles, like within that month. No way! Huge for me. I mean, like you know, as a as a uh, unsigned, semi unknown artist that's underground, it was a huge bump. Yeah, and so you've just always been kind of like an underground club guy, and yeah, like just doing your thing. And I realized what it was only yesterday on this other podcast, talking as I was just talking to these people. I'm like, wow, maybe that's the reason I haven't become because you know what. I've just been this kind of shy, obscure person hiding behind my music, and that's why I created the Alter Ego TV Starlight so that I can have a platform where I didn't have to feel so... You know what I mean? I do. I, you said that you were listening to some of my other podcasts. Yeah, this morning and, and the, the guy, other day. The guy, Nick, who I interviewed, who's the yep. author, he had to create a pseudonym right, so that he could write... And not feel like people were judging him. So true. That's what so I he, did. Yeah. So it's kind of the same type of story. You know, it's exactly right. You know, people thought maybe I was trying to be like Ziggy Stardust or something because I love Bowie so much, but it really wasn't. Anything. It's probably why he did that too. Yeah. You know, I have no doubt that there was that was part of it. Yeah. yeah. I think that was part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it's it's like a shield. You know, yes. it's like it's like an armor that artists yes. put on. You know, for me, it's difficult too. Um, like I said, I'm, a, I'm an actor and I do a lot of theater and things like that. And, and it's very easy for me to be on stage as a character really? or to do that kind of thing. Sitting here talking like this yeah. is something that I've never really done. Right. And so I kind of wanted to reach out and see what that was like. That's part of the other reason why I wanted to do this is because... A, I don't get to really have conversations with people for an hour. Right. You know what I mean? I'm the how, same way. What you're saying is exactly my story, too. How often do we get to just sit down and talk to somebody for an hour? Right. And genuinely try to connect. Yeah. Without looking at our phones yep. or like having somebody be distracting or whatever it is. Yeah. And then secondly, um, just being who I am right now is okay. Totally. It's okay to just be this dude here in this moment. Yeah, and people kind of like inside themselves, they, they, they tense up, you know, like I'm, 
I'm feeling it now in a way, but even though there's nothing wrong here, and it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful setting. I'm looking into your soul, brother. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a good setting. I'm, I'm around good people that are, it's genuine, you know? Yeah. But, but people want to run from that so badly, you know? I think but so. I, I want to face that kind of stuff. I have a song, one of my songs, One More Year, Facing the Day Without Fear, you know? Let's make it last one more year. It's like, you know, you challenge yourself and go through with these things. Half of it's just showing up, yeah, you know? 100%. 100%. Yeah, showing up for any of it. Yeah. You know, the the two sides of that coin has have always been difficult for me, whether it's love or fear. Yes. When I show up for either one of those things, it gets a little odd. You know me. what? You're right. It gets a little uncomfortable. Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Fist bumps and goosebumps. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it just gets a little weird, you yeah. know, for me. It's I just it's a natural odd... thing. I think so. It's the way, going back to what you said, how the way we're conditioned, you know? Yeah. And you kind of break that mold as you get older and older and you look at other people that are on TV and things, they look so effortless the way they're, because it's an uncomfortable, because you set it up, you know, you got microphones, you got things that are like, when you go into the studio, it's a microscope on you and every little detail is on you, you know? I think that could be a big fear for people. I think so. I think yeah. so too. There was a, I don't know if you saw this, but Madonna just turned 60 years old wow. and she was honored of, with this award that was given to her uh, by Lenny like, Kravitz or something like that the, no no the it was like a woman's award okay. um, and it was um, I don't remember exactly what it was but she gave the most incredible speech about what it was like being her growing really? up really and it's something that you should really take a look at I will uh, because when she was growing up she was ostracized a lot about being a woman who was breaking the mold of what a woman should be. Yeah. And she was talking about how, you know, it was before the internet. So people walked up to her face and told her terrible things wow. about what it was that they were seeing in her and how yeah. it wasn't acceptable. Totally. Uh, and she put on that persona in a lot of ways to protect herself from having it be a direct insult to her yeah as a person exactly. i mean it was about madonna exactly. not who she was exactly um and i think a lot of artists do that you, you know, know they do. I mean, we're all, we're sensitive fucking people they man. do and like like wearing like these glasses you know these are prescription glasses and, and it's like a lot of people think i'm trying to be egomaniacal or whatever but i'm shutting the world out or not letting people see my soul but that's hardly the case you know i just have really really bad eyes Really? Well, they fit the wardrobe. Though, I have man. a lazy eye, and I have um, I'm farsighted, and I can't see, you know. Right. So it's just kind of like got to be who I am, you know, as a part of who I am, and I, and I face some scrutiny from it. But eventually, like, I don't even care, man. I don't give a fuck what people think. Yeah. I'm gonna go be me, and that's whenever you can. When you're really doing it, when you're just doing it, like showing up and doing it, showing up and doing it, you you really start breaking away. Like you, you can't. It doesn't matter what people th think because if you if you if you listen to what people think, it's gonna break your direction. You know what I mean? In many ways, because you'll get discouraged because you're inflicted by emotions that other people are bringing on you, and you really can't have that if you have a goal in your mind. You want to do something, go do it, man. Don't listen to what people are telling you because they're all just jealous usually. They're trying to bring you down. You yeah. know? Well, yeah. Absolutely. Oftentimes I find that people who are very critical of other I don't mean jealous of me, like like per se, like, hey, I want to be like that guy. But I'm just saying in their own world, it's kind of like they, they, they have those in, they have those restrictions in their mind, you know. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Not at all. No, you're, you're exactly right. It's just expanding on that same idea of 
when people see other people's success, it's a reflection of how they don't think they're doing that well. Right. So they feel like they have to lash out at you to make themselves feel better. It's very true, man. It's like they're lacking in some way inside. And that's sad. And I feel for them. And, and, and that being said, and I, I wish them all well. And I wish they'll, I wish everyone could find something that they want to do and be passionate about. I hope so too, man. You know, I have another buddy who... Um, did pretty well as a, as a film producer. You know, he started off making little short films and his name's Tony from black box okay. and he's a great dude. And he posted something online the other day about how the pressure of having to create stuff all the time got is kind of getting big. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's just, it's just a thing. And so yeah. there's like all this perceived stuff on him. And the only thing that kept him kind of, I think I'm paraphrasing, but he was talking about just continuing to every day, find a way to have some joy in your life. And that's when he really first started doing all the things that he loved to do by making these little short films because he absolutely loved to do it. Yeah. And, he has to f- continue to find that. And what you just said about just finding some happiness on mm. a daily basis can go a long way. I mean, we have such a short amount of time here, man. You're right. I, mean, I can tell with you, you're very positive and you want to, you want to, you I want people to, to be, approach man. you because you, you'll, you'll, you'll go with that. But your overall vibe is, is, is peace, man. I hope you so. Know? And that's a good thing to be. Well, yeah. I'm another one of those guys that had to go and learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. You know, I went through my own little bottoms. I went through my own little obsessions. You know, I had yeah. to come out the other side. You wow. know, I had to kind of find a spiritual solution yeah. uh, in ways. Uh, and, you know, I went through some bad relationships. I went through some, um, you know, some obsessions and addictions mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. Wow. You know, and I lost jobs and I got fired from shit. And yeah. I had to go through some hard stuff. Yep. Um, and... You know, that, that one podcast that you listened to with Casey, she yeah. was talking about yeah. how, um, you know, somebody was feeling really shitty about their life. And she's like, I love that because that's when I get the best song. So true. You know, it's like we have to be at a shit place in that's order like, to, to, to like be able to look out and be desperate enough to like make a change. So true. Yeah, that's I guess like when, we, when you were asking if I'm right and stuff and I wrote a lot more when I was Venice because I was when I was in Venice. But I had a lot of pain at that time, and it was a lot of some of the best darkness. stuff comes out from hardship. I man. think a lot of the best in the world, like real stuff, the comes rap from, world for sure. You have to you just know? like have a, a a fear or a pain in, in, in real done wrong to you to really to to get that out it's like every country and western song man that's and, so true <laughs> you know that's so true so you you have to have some you have to be able to go through some stuff in order to have the appreciation for what you have now yep exactly if we don't go through that stuff there's no perspective exactly perspective you know i, I have to be able to see where i've come from and yep. and there's some real strength to be gathered from going through that mm-hmm. you know there's this old guy i used to listen to his name is frank and uh, he was a soldier and uh when i was going through some hard stuff i would talk to him you know mm-hmm. he was just one of these guys that i ran into yeah and uh Almost like a secondary father. In a way. Yeah. You know, he was just one of those cats. He would yeah. always like love to share his experiences. That's you good. Know? And um, I'd run into him now and again. He's like, if you're ever marching through hell, man, just keep marching. Oh, wow. You know, that's, that's great. All you, I've never that's heard that you, before. That's, that's all great. you can do. You know, this is a guy that went through two tours in Vietnam and had some shit happen. I you know, bet. he's killed people. Yeah. You know? And he was an LAPD officer, and he's like, you just got to keep marching, man. That's it. Just keep going. I'm going to remember that. Because going on the other side of that hill, it's probably a lot sunnier than it is here, or it's not burning over there, so you better keep marching. Wow. It's only one thing to do. Yeah. You know, you just have to keep going forward. Yeah. And um, try to have a little bit of uh, a positive perspective on it, you know? For sure. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. cool. It's cool. Um, 
I'm glad that uh, in, in some ways having conversations like this can continue to bring some it's of therapeutic. that. therapeutic. Yeah, it is. It you know? is. And I think that putting that kind of energy out, it kind of reflects back. Big time. All, all the time. I know that to be true. You do? Not even, not even a little bit. I know that to be true. I mean, that positive stuff that you gave to Theo kind of reflected back on yeah, you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In all like, kinds of ways. Yeah. I, I, I notice how he mixes that up. People, that's why he has so many fans because... He does that. He incorporates that positivity into his jokes. It's like a reminder, like, you know, we're all human, but he'll, he'll be, have a lot of humility when he talks. And, like, you know, people can learn from that. People, people, like, tune into that just to kind of get that in a way, and they'll get a laugh or two out of it. But it's therapeutic, you know, and it's a lot cheaper than going to a psychiatrist getting hopped up <laughs> on pills. For sure, you man. Know. Yeah, I went to some therapy for quite a while, man. And, uh, Did you? Yeah. I, There's I, nothing wrong with that. People that are in it, I, I have no, I'm not knocking it at all when God I say bless. that. You know? For sure. Whatever for people it. need to do, but I'd like to hear what you were going to say about that therapeutic well, session. Well, you know, it was, it was important for me. I had some issues that I had to deal with, you know, okay. some things that I didn't fully understand about my past history. My father left when I was really young. Yeah. And so that always informed some of my behavior and action and my... Uh, relationships with women and with other men you know i I, for a long time didn't trust men wow because my mom and i are tight she's like my best friend you know it still is yeah and so i have a really easy rapport with women wow it's always been that way good i have a lot of female friends i'm friends with ex-girlfriends it's just always been that way but guys have always been this odd relationship right and so it was part partially one of the things that I wanted to talk about with somebody was why that's still happening. And I didn't even know how to articulate it at the time. Yeah, of course. I just knew something was there. How old were you, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, my God, this is only a few years ago. Oh, okay. When my father left? Oh, no, no, I was like seven when my father left, yeah. and the therapy was about three years ago. Yeah, and that's a classic example of what a lot of people go through. You know what I mean? Father's gone, got the mother. There's a lot of anger there. Yeah. You know, you have to forgive, though, Yeah. when you get older. I think it's important to learn some things from a male role model when it's you're young. very yeah. important, man. That's why I asked about the secondary father because you know what happens is just like the karate kid, Mr. Miyagi, not your real dad. You're, you're born from a biological dad who teaches you the best he can, hopefully, but sometimes they're not going to be around or they, they leave pretty quick. So uh, a young boy is forced to uh, search for the secondary father who's usually a drill sergeant or a... Uh, 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 army guy like you said that's why I asked and or a, a coach or some kind of authoritarian figure that can put this discipline into them and they'll take those fundamental uh, rules per se that are ingrained in you and you want to live your life and apply them that way and just like Mr. Miyagi did to the Karate Kid you yeah, know what I mean it, sure you know you could be hell going through it but there's, there's these basic things that I think that um Men in particular, because men are under attack, you know what I mean? Especially nowadays. And uh, I got to just say it, you know, and it's like people that are doing the right thing, good on you, man. People that are not, just man up and just try to be positive and do what's best. It's either right or wrong. It's a spiritual battle. It's not even physical. That was beautifully said. Thank you. I'd never, I hadn't heard it being like put like men are under attack, but in some ways that whole Me Too movement thing kind of got to a heated point. It, yeah. It's gotten pressurized so that everyone is so nervous about what to do. Right or say in, yeah, in, 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 their, in, their, in their environments, you know. Yeah. It's like, I, I got to go like be like that. And that's not good. You don't, you're not supposed to cringe up. You're supposed to just let it flow and just be nice and look someone in the eye and say thank you, you know. Yeah, man. 
Uh, the positivity goes a long way. Yeah. It really, really does. For sure. <laughs> Reminds me of, uh, I had to go and register. I upgraded one of my motorcycles and I went and I went to the AAA to like change the title. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I was sitting next to there was it was packed in there and um, it was almost like waiting for the DMV, but it was like an hour wait. Okay. And so I sat next to this woman and she was uh, a triple A AAA customer service representatives behind mm-hmm. the desk. And mm-hmm. there was two women that came in and this woman was just the kind the, the representative from AAA was just the kindest person in the world. And the two women were just so upset wow. about the fact that they didn't have the correct paperwork, it's their that fault. they didn't bring cash or a check. Right. And that's all they accept there. And the one woman said said to her sister, not to the customer service person, but to her sister, I feel like punching this person in the face. She just doesn't understand that I didn't have time to go to the ATM. And she's saying it in front wow. of that woman. And I was like... Fear, it's anger. And there's no, there's no room for, for violence. So like, <laughs> I mean, he's like, really? And she didn't say it to her. Right. But she said it to her sister. So she'd hear, though. It was, she was sitting at her desk. Right. And so I just... Couldn't believe what I was hearing. And when they walked away, I just said to the woman, I said, you are the night. And she didn't react in any way. She was right. just very kind, probably. very sweet. Yeah. And she was like this, you know, big African-American woman with this great smile and like wow. colorful stuff. She's yeah. just great. You know, yeah. I just wanted to like, give her a hug. Yeah. And I said, be I, careful giving her a hug though. Cause you yeah, exactly. Because then they would security would come <laughs> yeah. out and say, boom, yeah. you're toast. Yeah. I wanted to, um, of course it's all the intention, you know, she's just totally sweet. And I just told her, I was like, you're the kindest person I've ever seen in, in a kind of a customer service thing. Yeah. I just, I commend you. I want to be you. Good. And I just made a big joke about it. And she was so sweet. She Good. Said, you know what? That wasn't about me. Obviously that person has some stuff going on in For their sure. life. And she was just filled with compassion. And, and people and, are knowing that more and more you know it's not you you know people that lash out it's obviously they got other stuff going on let me try to get out of here as smooth as possible you know yeah and so the the second part of the story is is that i went in there again recently okay and there was again there was an hour wait right and i walk in and i walk around the corner and her name is wanda and i said oh there's wanda she's my favorite customer service person at at triple and i kind of said that to the whole room you know i was like hey wanda you're the best yeah and so i sat down and and a couple of people came and it was again an hour wait and she looked up at me and I had been there for five minutes and she looked up to me and she just kind of waved me over and See? took me in front of the See? line. <laughs> That's I, so true. See, and, I and know I was, that to I'm, be a fact. And I was like, okay, I feel kind of bad about this, but I'm going to No, you were here. You, were here, you got a relationship with Wanda And now. she was so sweet. You See, know, that's, people just, remember. Oh, people man. are not dumb. People know yeah. what's up. See, we're, we're, we're beaten down by this thought of people are dumb, the masses, there's consumers, but everyone that has a heart and a, and a mind are usually like, if they don't have some inflictions, you know, unfortunately, you know, that, that are serious, you know, most people are smart. They get it. They know the real and the wrong. People got to sit through that and take that abuse. You know, like Wanda, you said yeah. at her workplace, she had to take that abuse, but she was professional, it sounds like, and she didn't go off on her yeah. like she probably wanted to at a um, fundamental um, just level that of... of um, simplicity like i just want to you know you want to get your revenge on someone that does you wrong but to hold that composure and to be professional more and more people are learning that it's not you it's like someone else is going through something that has nothing to do with you yeah and they're using that thing as a scapegoat for the for the time being to lash out at you which is not good you know i don't condone violence but everyone gets angry but you got to control that yeah man you know and i think that there's there's real value in just 
trying to be kind and be positive to other people because it does reflect back on you, man. Yeah, you I know, mean, sometimes I think you don't want to, but you gotta. Well, I kind of got that from your music in a way. Oh, you know? man, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I listened to a bunch of your tracks and I was like, this is the kind of thing that was just trying to tell the truth about what it is to be a human being and make somebody else feel good. Wow. You know, that's I'm just one of the a... best compliments I've ever got. Thank you, man. <laughs> well, I mean, just on a base level. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. You know, just... Base level, man. Let's just be happy. Yeah. You know, and try to put some positive light, some positive energy, some positive spin on yeah. what it is to be a human being because we're so fucking complicated, you know? So and this much. world we live in is so complicated and we're... Yeah inundated by information all the time mm. and so oftentimes we kind of lose that idea of just let's just spread some joy and totally. have some community so there are there are like you know haters as you say that would call that fluff and kind of yeah. just like whatever but you know the what woo-woo, the woo-woo people yeah joe rogan calls it the woo-woo people i never heard that i listen to him <laughs> from time to time but yeah, the yeah. woo-woo people i'm not familiar with that what yeah. is that well it's kind of like the haters <laughs> well i guess you could call it haters but people that are like oh he talks like about spirituality oh, like right. they would make fun of somebody right. from venice for example for who's sure. like into crystals and like loves yoga and maybe right. wears like little yoga pants <laughs> and goes to burning man in order to like take my mushrooms and commune with the universe and yeah. you know but there's value in that unfortunately or you're right i mean there, so it's there true. are really smart people yeah i know and there are many studies by yeah. people that you can read about and sam harris is one of them yeah. who has a long experience with communing with something larger than themselves for sure and using psychedelics to do it or and, and we all do that to, absolutely to, you know we, we all, all judge and i like sam harris you know he's a very yeah. very smart guy yeah the only thing i don't agree with him fundamentally is just you know, he's an atheist, and that's cool. He can be an atheist. Yeah, I don't like that either. I don't like that, Well, man. he comes off as a dick. It does. <laughs> so much. And I respect atheists. They can have their own opinion. Sure. But why would you go down that long road of nothing? Well, he, well he's doing the exact same thing that a devout evangelist Christian is doing, which means that he knows. Right. I know the answer. Right. You're wrong, exactly. and I'm right. That's a good way to look at that. He's doing the exact same that's thing. That's so true. And the truth of the matter is... I don't think that he knows. You're right, because nobody knows. But why not have a little faith? And I'm not talking about God in the sky or whatever. Sure. But just believe and just like, because why would you have a long road of knowing nothing, saying yeah. there's nothing? Well, Plus, there's, it's like a expanding your mind a little bit. Sure. You know what I mean? I'm much more in your camp. Yeah. But I, I think that those, those, those devout atheists are really talking about organized religion. Yes. And, and Christianity and, you know, <laughs> Muslims and, you For know, sure. and the radical bastardization of religions that yeah. turn them evil. Yeah. I mean, they're against that type of thing. And I get that. Yeah, I think I do that too. The religion has done a lot of very terrible things to the yep, human being. over started all the wars, but you, yeah. you know what? And I don't, spirituality with I, don't, is different. I don't buy into any of that stuff. I don't talk about my own, my own, when I go inside, I know there's a light that's always been on. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's never shut off. I'm so thankful for that, man. You know, and plus it comes off as very arrogant when you, when you, when you just throw something away. You know, forever in the trash, and you can never get that back. Yeah. So, well, you could probably always get it back, but you know. But why, why going go into it with a negative? I like to be open because I'm a logical guy. I'm I'm not like fan, fantastic or sensationalist all the time. Mm-hmm. I try to think with a logical frame of mind, but I go about it with just feeling that I do believe in a higher power that created me. Why not? That's just my own belief. 
Yeah. Well, that higher power can be defined in any way, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's experiential. It's mm. something that's very personal and unique to each individual. And if you want to buy into uh, uh, an organized idea of what that religion is, go forth. God bless. There's many, many devout Christians who are great people and do great work for their communities and mm -hmm. feed people and all kinds You're of right. stuff. You know, it's only when you get to the fringes of those communities right, where fringes. it gets a little wacky. You yep, know? The yep. fringes of any of those religions Anything, get very right. wacky. The fringes of our political parties totally. are very wacky people very on true. both sides. You're right. They're crazy. You know, yeah. the liberals, the far left and yep. the far right are very weird. You're right. They have a, very different from when, the way that I see the world. Yep. And it's experiential. It really comes down to my own personal experience and what is important to me and how I connect to those around me and the universe and and that's it you know yeah. you know there was a guy that when i it, interesting with with podcasting years ago i uh i started working for a software company and they hired me to do um podcasts for marketing materials for different companies and i did this podcast for a guy named dr arthur chang okay and he he's a religious scientist um and i guess a, a reverend i don't know but he oh. wanted to do one of his sermons as a podcast every wednesday and um, I got to interview him many times because okay. every Wednesday he would put out a new piece uh -huh. and I would record his sermons. And it was right at the time when I was sort of trying to find my way. You yeah, know, yeah. I had gone through the whole Hollywood club thing and I was like partying in the Hollywood Hills and yep. I was in that place where that just wasn't working for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I kind of needed a new awakening i guess yeah. and right at that time i got asked to do this podcast with this guy yeah and so he started asking me very very pointed questions wow and about and and talking about what his philosophy of religion is and spirituality what was his like well he's well he's very clear about the fact that there are through lines in every religion there are fundamental things that every religion believes and one of them is is that god whatever that is is infinite and omnipresent, which means that it's endless and everywhere. Right. So if it's endless and infinite, how can one man understand what that is? Yeah. You can't. You want to jump on that somehow and just kind of feel it, I guess. Well, I guess. And I think that people are just kind of looking for understanding. Yeah. You know, they want to be able to know the answer. So true, man. And it's they're uncomfortable with not knowing the answer. Yeah. You know? It all comes down to personal experience, like you were saying, it's too. experiential, man. Yeah. And so he's like, and if God is everywhere, whatever that God is for you, that means that right here, right now is heaven. Mm-hmm. Right here, right now is also I hell if you, lot. if you want it to be. God yeah. is right where you are. Yeah. That church down the road isn't more holy than this place where we're sitting right here. Yeah. Because God is everywhere. You're it doesn't right. need to be, you know, the Vatican or the mosque or, you know, Mecca in, in Saudi Arabia. That's not the holiest place. Right. It's wherever you are. Yes. And that was pretty interesting to me. It That's just sort wonderful. of opened my ideology of like, I can have this understanding for me. Yeah, and it doesn't great. have to be what anybody else thinks. Yes. And it's powerful stuff. It is. And you if know? you apply that, you know, with more people did because a lot of egos are involved, you know, you know, you, you don't really mind what other people think, you know, but you, of course it comes down to the way you dress and the way you act, the way you uh, pronounce yourself. But if you have that knowing in you and it's experiential and you don't really care what people think and it's for positivity, that's a good place to be probably because, yeah. you know, people are so caught up in what other people are thinking. That's where all that war comes from, man. Yeah. If you could just be and let live and let, you know, 
there wouldn't be a lot of so much hatred. People would just buy into the fact that, okay, my neighbor thinks I'm this. Maybe I should go attack them now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to just go take your stuff. That's, that's kind of what goes <laughs> on, you know? I think so, man. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fear involved. People don't really understand. They, they don't want to be afraid. Yeah. I mean, they just don't want to be afraid. Yeah. There's another interesting concept. I'm a, too, excuse me for doing a lot of talking. I love but it. This is bringing up a lot no, of please. interesting you know, stuff. It's, it's really good. I was listening to this guy the other day who was talking about how we're all afraid to die, you know, and it's, yeah. the, it's, the, it's the one thing that we all do. Yeah. You know, we, we are born <laughs> and we are going to die. Every single one of us. Yeah. We're not afraid of going to sleep. But it's probably exactly the same experience. You think so, huh? I do. Yeah. It's, it's probably the exact same thing. You just like a dream and you never forget. You know, Maybe you, you just drift off and that's it. Yeah. You know, I, I think that that's, there's probably a very good possibility that that's what happens. Yeah, because I wouldn't want to believe that before, but now I'm starting to actually think that because I'll be in a deep sleep and then you just, no, it's just endless. No, nobody cares. Nobody remembers like you. Not like, not that people won't remember you. I'm saying you, you know you go into a dream and it's just like you don't remember what it was, but it's just, you could have slept forever. Yeah, that's probably what it is, huh? It it could be. I, I mean, mean, it makes sense. My and whole life, I was like, maybe there's an afterworld where I know who I am consciously, and I can maybe go into another world. But I don't know because someone told me one time ago, how could you say that? I remember this was like ten years ago. I said, what happens when you die? And someone that I looked up to immensely, and they said, probably just eternal darkness. Like, like I'm like, what? But you won't know who you are anymore. I'm thinking, how how could that be? But uh, your your personal experience as you get older, you you think maybe that is the case. I don't know, but I'd like to believe in reincarnation. I'd like to think my soul will carry on and keep going mm-hmm. with all that I've learned and, and and got to experience. Well, there's there's the idea that I also really love, which is we're all energy, yeah, right? Yeah. We're all energy, so that life energy in us will be reincarnated whether you can call it into another living being or it's just that the energy will go into the it will it will go into the universe suppress energy right no the energy is not going to die it's endless and omnipresent where does it go is the question well it goes into the universe you know there's endless amounts of energy and um cosmic rays and light and sound that we don't hear and light that we don't see and things that are coming through us in the universe all the time that we're completely unaware of and science has a pretty good handle on most of it but they there's a lot that they don't understand you know most scientists are disproved a lot you know? uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? you're right. You're right. It's just the way it's it is. hypothesis and just disbelief. Some of it, you know? you know, some of it's highly likely. Many you're of the right. things that you know govern our scientific world today are very likely and, and have proven to work because they work. But um, there's a lot of things about the universe that we do not understand. And as far as the, a life force is concerned, that energy has to be expelled somewhere, and it probably yeah. goes into the earth or into the atmosphere of the planet. You come back a raindrop, and you know? It, it come back as anything. There's a great documentary. I, I mean, I talk about this shit all the time, but there's a great documentary called I Am, mm-hmm. and it was um, Tom Shadiak, who was a big film director. He directed all the uh, original Jim Carrey movies. Okay. And uh, he did this documentary. He had a bad mountain biking accident, and he had this spiritual experience where he wanted to he wanted to find out like the biggest world's questions. And what he found out is that we are all indeed connected, and yeah. that the endless energy of the universe exists. Yeah, it's just bottom line. Yeah, there are things that have been around forever are going to continue to be around forever, mm-hmm. and the energy within us is going to be, be maintained in some way. Uh-huh. We don't fully understand how. 
but in some way it will. You know, yeah. our bodies will decompose and it'll go off, or they'll be um, cremated and sent to the universe. It'll turn into carbon, which will go back into the earth yeah. and be reborn as something else. That's a form of reincarnation, yeah, I would imagine. For sure. You know? But there's also the argon molecule. I think we talked about this with Casey, too. The argon molecule, which is on the periodic table, yeah. has been around forever. So we're. We, AR. We literally <laughs> are breathing the same air as every human has ever breathed. Wow. There are particles that don't die wow. in oxygen. So they've been around forever. So, you know, it's possible that we're breathing the same air as the caveman or Jesus Christ or whomever lived in history. Right. So we're connected in ways that we don't fully understand. Our energy reaches people in ways that we don't fully understand. Mm -hmm. But the evidence is clear, going back to what we were really talking about, which is if we put out positivity, it reflects back on us. Mm-hmm. It just, I've found it to be true. I know it to be true. Yeah. And people it, it, do it through music and art and all kinds of and different people, ways. And I lose touch with it sometimes. And I, it's, it's not that I don't believe, but I'm so caught up in my own day-to-day -day thing. You don't really get a chance to like, that's why meditation is good. Just do that and come back to that. Yeah. You know, anytime you're like, you're like, oh, okay, I'm breathing now. It's like, oh, your whole day goes by just breathing and breathing. You're not even conscious. Do you have like a daily meditation practice? or As of lately, I do. And, and I haven't been doing it as much. But every time I go into that, it's just real. It gives me, it's, it's pure tuning in. You just keep focus on and you, the breathing. and just you, That's the only thing that's true. It's really going. And, and it slows your mind down because I have extreme ADHD. Like extreme. Like I can't even like I'm all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can't even get things done sometimes, yeah. most of the time. <laughs> yeah, me too. You know, it's been that way my whole life, you know, whether I was on pills when I was a kid or whether I was just... Did they have you on medications yeah, when you were young? Yeah, yeah, Ritalin my whole life. Yeah. And I realized that that's, that's why I graduated high school, because I took that pill. Because it, able, it gave you the ability to concentrate. It really and did. And, that, and when I wasn't, I was a class clown, physically hurting myself like Chris Farley to get a laugh. I don't mean like cutting myself. I mean like I'd run in, trip over the air conditioner, and all 20 kids would look, turn around and start laughing at me. I was a physical comedian. Yeah. You know, and in a, in a, in a lot of ways I still am. But I, uh, <laughs> but that, and, and, then, and then I would, I would take the pill. That was when I would fake it, right? When I would do, be doing those kind of things and then be getting in trouble and not getting expelled. And, and it was only for laughs. And I'd be thrown in with abnormal behavioral unit kids, you know, and getting busted into other places because I couldn't control my behavior. Then I'd take that little pill, and all of a sudden I would focus and I would finish. So I graduated when I was 17 because I just got all the work done. I'm like, I'll do your work. I'll do your work. I just wanted to, I was just buried my head in the work. Mm -hmm. So I, I agree in some aspects it works. It, it, it actually did work for me because I had to do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have graduated for school for sure. Yeah. I would have done it. I just, it didn't matter to me. So meditation now helps calm the mind yes, a bit? Yes, big time. Really, really does. Yeah, it me does. too, man. Does I have, it? I have a, yeah. I have a, How do you do it, if I may ask? Well, I have a daily meditation practice, and I try to get... Tw I'm, I'm at 20 minutes. And even if it's cumulative... Like I, sometimes I'll get distracted or I'm not able to do it. My mind is just moving too fast. Yeah. Um, but I've gotten some discipline around it over the past few years. So I try to do 20 minutes, even if it's only five minutes at a time. Yeah. Sometimes I'll get the 20 minutes all at once. Do you sit down when you do it? Yeah, yeah. I do. And I have a spot on one of the docks in the canals. Wonderful. With with a little step. Yes. What, what part of the canals? Because I used to live with them in the canals oh, on, yeah? on Howland. Really? Howland Court. Oh, cool, man. And we had a place over there for a while. My buddy, uh, I want to get back to this um, meditation because I have a few questions for sure, you about sure. that. But my buddy that just was uh, 
he recently sold Maker Studios. Remember, you know, Maker is a platform that all everyone's on on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah, just yeah. sold it to Disney for five hundred million dollars and like bought me and her a house to live out there. But all that like kind of went away with there for like three years. But uh, it was crazy. You know, he, he I don't know why we got into the subject of oh, because the, the canals and yeah. it was a beautiful place. Living there is very meditative, so yeah. I could see why you would go to that that place. Yeah, and it's just walking distance from here. You know, I love going in there. There's something about that little place that seems insulated from the rest of the world, and it's quiet yeah. in there. You know, yeah, it just doesn't feel like you can hear the traffic as much because there's not cars rolling around so as true. much but there's those little docks those little steps that are just like right into the water yes you know? where people have it's, boats sometimes yeah, lined exactly up but a lot of them time. are just empty yeah so i'll just walk up and sit on one of those in front of someone's house right yeah, there yeah exactly um a lot of them are open or whatever for there's a sure couple different ones and uh, whatever the northern sidewalk is like yeah the, the top of yeah. the canals or the easternmost. Okay. Um, the third bridge. Those, those yeah, bridges. like if you come in from this side. Okay. If you go not like farther down like Dell, but from on the east side. Yep. There's the because it's a big square, so it's the eastern square, right? Right. And there's a bunch of docks. There's the from big, where the library is, big kind corner of bridge. The yeah, exactly. Okay. Big big curved bridge. Yep. About a block in from that, there's a few docks, and I just sit there with the docks. Yeah. And whatnot. And, and what uh, do you do? What's your process when you go there? Well, there, I used to use a couple meditation apps. You know, oh, there's cool. the one called Insight Timer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I need something to listen to so that my brain has at least one thing to, to do. To focus back to. Exactly. Right. So I would listen to like river wa- or rain, like r- the sound of rain yep. or the sound of a brook, like, a, yep. ru- uh, like a, a river going by. And that would give my brain something to do. And yep. then I could quiet the rest. That's so and good. And just sitting in front of the water, listening to the water go by. That helps a it lot. Does. And it then does. there was another guy who had taught meditation who talked about, you know, being separate from your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, I am not my thoughts because uh, I can sit and look at my thoughts. So who is the person sitting, look at my thoughts? Right. And then there's another person the behind that. Right. You know, who's looking at you, looking at your thoughts. And that's so the, id, the ego, the id and all of that. Right. Yep. And so if I can separate myself from my thoughts, that gives me a level of comfort right away. Uh-huh. And so then I can, there's another like visualization that I do where I will place like a thought, feeling, emotion will come in and I'll just place it in the water like visually in my mind, just place that in the water and let it float away. That's really cool. I've never heard that one yet. There was a guy who also said that thoughts are very much like sitting on a beach and watching boats go by. You know, sometimes it's a giant oil tanker that takes hours to go by. Sometimes it's a speedboat. Sometimes it's a sailboat floating by. They're all different thoughts. And so he would manifest those those ideas in into these visualizations of boats going by. What I do is kind of I see the thought and I just place it in the water yeah. and just let it go away and realize that those things aren't me. My thoughts, fears, emotions, those things aren't who I am. What I am is what I do. Right. The next action that I take, the next thing that I do, do, do I help someone? So do I true. Do, Am I self-absorbed? Do I want to help somebody or do I want to act out of love or fear? You know, mm-hmm. that's it. And when I do the love thing, when I try to help other people, things tend to work out a hell of a lot better. So true. You know, and it helps me get into that frame of mind when I practice that meditation. Mm. You know, and there's scientific proof that the fact that the brain is healthier mm. when people meditate. Yeah. And you're a healthier person, uh, spiritually, physically, 
uh, as a person who practices Mentally something prepared like for things too. Yeah, you know? it makes it easier. You know, Wanda's probably got some sort of meditation You're practice. Right. She must. <laughs> she have that kind of. I found a, out that she has three daughters too, so she's got chaos going around her oh, all yeah, the time. Yeah, she's I got bet. three young girls at home, so oh, she wow. has to be like the center yeah. of peace and calm in her world. You yeah, know? it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So meditation's a big deal, and, yeah, and it's it becoming more and more popular. You know, yeah. with um, Headspace and all those things. Those, I mean, it's it's becoming mainstream, especially around here. Yeah. You know, Venice is like, and it's always been. If you think about it, people have been doing this for hundreds of thousands of years, probably. But, for sure. But it's getting more popular, and people are not having like, oh, you meditate because like, they don't get it. Maybe those are the people that the naysayers of it. They're like, oh, does that even really work? But yeah, it works. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. does. And being in an environment like this, like I did some traveling recently. Um, I was in North Carolina for a wedding. And we went to Asheville, beautiful place. Um, the, but the politics are very, very different, you know. Yeah. Um, and you can just tell that there are some people that have not discovered what it, what it means to be truly caring or yeah. to like not be closed-minded. Yeah. Whatever it is, there's just that look on their face like, yeah, it's tortured <laughs> lineages that just don't get to expand. Maybe or, or maybe because they haven't taken that bold step to try to maybe well, find also, themselves. I think it's, it's a tough thing. Culture. It's a scary. Th- it's, that's what. Yeah, it's definitely part of the culture. The lineages of people that are in your surroundings of where you're at. Politics define people. You know. Yeah. So that can be a, a scary thing. You know, if you're just only thinking that one way to think. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool that uh, this little area and and we, as we listen to uh, the fire engines. Yeah. It's good old uh, Station 68, I yeah, think it is, the Venice, 68, the Venice exactly. Station. Yeah. You hear those guys three, four times a day, man. Do you? Because oh, this is where I work, And too. is there a lot of fires going on around here? Well, they do a lot of rescues, too, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know yeah. how many people are dying from bird accidents from those scooters? <laughs> yeah, dude, they're everywhere. Dude, I saw a funny, I saw a funny uh, meme, not even a meme, because it was just a picture, but more people made it a meme, but hundreds of them are all in the trash, uh, there wow. was a bunch of them that were thrown in the canals. There's a bunch of them thrown really? in the L.A. River. People are pissed. Huh? Yeah, they don't like them. them. Yeah, they don't like them, huh? Yeah, yeah. And what's the reason? Because I'm, I'm kind of uh, disconnected from that at the moment. But what's the reason people are... Well, one of the key reasons is that there's so many of them yeah. that it's like litter. You're right. And then people leave them in people's private property. They leave them on sidewalks. They leave them in the middle of the road. Yeah. And it just becomes like trash. You're right. You know, so it's just like garbage Clutter, everywhere. It's pollution. Yeah, exactly. And then there's a lot, of, especially in this neighborhood, there's a lot of people that are using them that are tourists right. that don't give a fuck about street lights or, or crosswalks or sidewalks. And, and that's just, a motorized vehicle. It is. You know? It is. That's why Santa Monica is really coming down on it because yeah. in the state of California, you have to have a license and a helmet and all this other stuff. So, yeah. so you know, in San Francisco, they banned them in some areas too because they just became litter they're just yeah. everywhere and, yeah. and and people were just not caring how they rode them you mm-hmm. know but uh, yeah but the the fire the fire engines especially around here there's so many tourists and yeah. it's such a compact area of people in in this you know venice is only 3.1 square miles so it's right. like but it's there's just millions so of people almost all the time and you know I, I can't believe we found parking right out front it was like meant to be like I'm this like, time of day is really good for this street is it yeah yeah because people work around here and then they leave at like four or five yeah and so they park on our streets so usually the people start leaving around this time uh-huh. and so if you're coming in it's a 
good time to get a spot. Yeah. I'm very lucky. Actually, my street right here is the one of the few streets where you can find parking in Venice. I used to come Venice. here when I lived on Fifth and Brooks. And I even park right here and walk yeah. five blocks. Yeah, because you can't find parking anywhere yeah. else in this damn town. No. Luckily, I have a garage. Very good. happy. <laughs> yeah, man, this is a place, like I said, is really cool. No, thanks, man. Top notch, dude, especially if you got parking. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Yeah. Well, listen, man, we've been chatting for a minute. There's a minute? Wanna... It feels like at least an hour. Yeah, yeah that was a joke. It's actually an <laughs> no, hour and nine minutes. Yeah, but see how things flow when you're just vibing? Yeah, no, it's I could so talk in a couple hours with you, but I, mean, I, I don't want to you know, bore good. you. It's good. No, I was just thinking, man. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about music, and I'm, I don't want to put you on the spot here, and no. I'll even cut this out if you want. Yeah, but whatever. I was hoping that you like would bring a guitar. You weren't able to do that today. Yeah. But if you had like any new song, or if you had any lyric, if you just yeah. want to say it, or if you want to just sing a song, uh, a cappella. That would be cool, but I, I didn't. You know, I really wanted to do a performance, and I uh, would have brought my guitar. Uh-huh. But uh, you know what? Well, you give me next time. People can check my music out if they'd cool. like to. You know, they can check it out online anywhere. You know, just 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 type in Stevie Starlight. Yeah, yeah. I got a new album coming out uh, next week. But hey, yeah, next time though, if you want me to come, I will definitely bring a guitar. Okay. And I'll rip it up for you. I'm gonna hold you to you that. You know what I mean? I didn't warm up my voice, and I kind of just. I got don't you. Wanna, you know what I mean? It's just, I got you. Well, I, I told you I was gonna put you on the spot. I I, I didn't don't mean mind. To put no, you on I don't the spot. mind. I don't mind. But I'm not really like a great singer. I I could sing. So All right, let's do let's do let my hair grow a cappella. Ready? Okay, you back me up. I'll do the harmony. One, two, three, four. Letting my hair grow. I'm letting my mind go. Letting my love grow, and I'm letting you know. There you go. I. I could not be happier. That was amazing. <laughs> yes, perfect. Thank hey, thank you so much for having me, though. Dude, by man, the way, it's so awesome Honestly, to have I you like here. I like your vibe a lot, man. You seem to really you got a good grip of what Venice is about. I'm, I support this podcast 100. percent Well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Well, when it's done, I'll let you know, and uh, thank you. You know, let your friends know to yeah, listen. Yeah, definitely. And, um, I'll be and if you have it. anybody else that you think that might be interested in coming do, on, just actually. let me know, man. I will. I, I want to talk to as I'll many people as possible. I'll let you know before. First, I'll, I'll see what you think about this guy, that yeah, guy, whatever. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. And we'll connect on that. Next time. I'll bring my guitar and I'll put on a, a I'm nice gonna have Stevie Starlight back here with his yes. fucking guitar you got it, to bro. sing for us next time. Thanks again, Ron. It's absolutely my pleasure. My brother. pleasure too. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you once again to Stevie Starlight for being here today. I really appreciated having him here in the studio, and I hope you like that conversation. His new album is coming out on iTunes. Keep an eye out for him. Follow him at Stevie Starlight on Instagram and Twitter and for all the latest news with him and his music. Now, before we take off, I just want to remind you that you can also follow me at Ron Stomatic. That's my main Instagram page. And then there's also the Venice Voice podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. And, of course, if you have any feedback, if you want to tell me how badly I sucked at that particular interview or any good things that you might want to say, or if there's anything at all you'd like me to include in any upcoming episodes, shoot me an email at ron at venicevoice.com. Next week, on Friday, I will have another interesting guest that has some connection to this beautiful little place called Venice, California. Until then, you have a beautiful week. <laughs> <laughs>